Welcome to Money Isn't Scary, a podcast for women to explore our fears around money and inspire each other to be financially empowered. I'm Megan Dwyer, and I'm making it my personal mission to remove the taboo around money and help women rewrite their stories so they can stop staying small and begin to live life on their terms. In this show, we get real and uncomfortable as we unpack our beliefs, thoughts, and behaviors that aren't serving us anymore. I can't wait for you to join me on this journey. So let's dive in. Hi, you guys. Welcome to another episode of the Money Isn't Scary podcast. I'm your host, Megan Dwyer. Today, I'm sharing my conversation with Kate Hudson, executive life coach with Shattered Glass Coaching. Kate helps women develop courageous leadership skills, which is such necessary work in the world and why I wanted to talk to her. And her energy is contagious. She's fun and knowledgeable and really passionate about the work that she does supporting women as they achieve their personal and professional goals. Okay, so here's a little bit more about Kate. After years of passionate work as a leader, teacher, coach, and mentor, she realized it was time to turn her passion into practical knowledge for the real world. Skills that women can use in their everyday lives to help them gain confidence, develop leadership skills, and achieve their wildest dreams. Becoming a certified life coach was her great gift of 2020. Now she coaches women to become courageous leaders in their workplaces and their personal lives. Her role as a life coach is all about helping her clients overcome fear to create the life that they really want. It's all about helping working women take bold action and shatter glass ceilings across the world, which is so in alignment with money and many of the topics that I discuss on the show. And I thought it would be such a great conversation to share with you guys. In our conversation, we talk about how women can develop a confident mindset, limiting beliefs, the benefit of taking imperfect, messy action, reframing imposter syndrome, abundance, and so much more. You guys can check out Kate at her website, shatteredglasscoaching.com where you can book a free 30-minute call with her and you can also find her on Instagram at shattered.glass.coaching. All right, you guys, here's my conversation with the lovely Kate Hudson. Enjoy. Hi, Kate. Welcome to the Money Isn't Scary podcast. I'm really excited to be chatting with you today. Hi, Megan. Thanks so much for having me. So I'd love to start by having you tell the audience about yourself and your mission in the world. Yes, absolutely. My name is Kate Hudson, and I'm an executive life coach with Shattered Glass Coaching. I work with driven women, about half small business owners and the other half corporate women. And we work to achieve goals and shatter glass ceilings all around the world. Mm -hmm. And I haven't always been a coach. For about seven years, I was the director at an organization. It was it was kind of a small organization, so I wore a lot of hats. I did sales and marketing and hiring and firing, and I found that I just really loved the people aspect and the mentorship aspect. And with that, it led me to coaching. And so I, I've been coaching women for several years now, and that's really where my mission is. I love that. I love that the drive, right? And the mode and the internal intrinsic motivation to do the work that you do. I'd love to hear a little bit more about your journey, right? Because that's a big shift to going from working for somebody to starting your own business and also deciding to become a life coach in the first place. So could you kind of talk more about that, the journey, and then also kind of the whole mindset 
overlaying that whole decision as well. Yes. It was a, it was a two year decision in the making (laughs) and I I was working for this company and I knew that I wanted to do something on my own. I wanted to work towards my own dreams and not just someone else's, but I wasn't quite sure what that looked like. And as I mentioned, I'd always had this interest in people and management and mentorship and serving in that teacher coach kind of role but never quite formally. I was a manager. I was a director. I had never been um, a coach for people. And I I really started to explore what that could look like. And I explored HR, but that didn't quite feel like a right fit for me. And, And I'd been weighing my options. And funny enough, I was on a surf retreat in El Salvador with women. And I was, I was sitting on a beach with another woman and she said, you should really look into coaching. And I, I, I was like, I had never thought of that before. That's, that's really interesting. So once, once I got back from the beach and I had some time to really think things through and reflect, I did decide to look into coaching. And I, I talked to other women who were coaches. I talked to life coaches, career coaches, finance coaches, love coaches. And I realized this is a really good fit for my skill set and also for my passion in, in working with others and mentoring and teaching and, and guiding and leadership. So I decided to pursue the coaching route. And I initially took a six-month training to get me certified. And immediately after the six-month training, I, I launched my business. So I created a website. Awesome. And when you talk about mindset, that, that's really when this came in. I was very confident in myself as a coach and a leader and in the work I could do with other people, but I did not view myself as a successful business owner. In starting that business, I did have the dreaded imposter syndrome. And that was what paralyzed me is that, yeah, I, I had experience with, with some sales and marketing for my previous job. And I felt really comfortable with the actual work with clients and coaching, but I don't know how to start a business from the ground up. How am I supposed to do that on my own, you know, being a, being a solopreneur as they call it. And I felt like I was starting from scratch with really nothing and that I was going to have to learn by trial and error. And that was the biggest mindset hurdle for me was actually viewing myself as somebody who could be a successful entrepreneur and also having that risk tolerance that, I can quit my comfortable full-time job where I've been secure for years yeah. and I, I can, I can stomach all the changes that are going to come and the financial risk, the time risk, my energy, and just put myself out there in a way I never had before. Um, so, so of course I, I did take that, that leap and um, I know we're going to get into that, but it was, it was a huge adjustment and a huge shift that I did have to make in terms of mindset. Yeah, and I bet that also comes into the work that you did in order to get to that place also has an impact on the work that you now do with your clients, right? So I'd love to hear a little bit more about what that looks. Well, first of all, what are some of the issues that your clients have when they come to you? And then we can get a little bit more into kind of what the actual coaching engagement looks like from a, I guess, tips and strategies perspective. So that's kind of part B, but maybe we can dive into first, dive first into those common issues that you see in, the, in your clients. Yes, let's start with part A. So most of the women who come to me are looking to make some sort of career change or shift 
And sometimes that's you work in a corporate position and you have a goal that you're striving for. Maybe it's a promotion. Maybe it's a salary raise. Perhaps you want to improve your leadership skills or communication skills specifically. And then for other women that I work with, it's you want to start a new business. And it's all about that confident mindset and having the ability to take that leap and take the actionable steps to get there. And they want somebody who can guide them along that path and who can help them set goals, figure out what the next step is, and then hold them accountable for reaching those goals. So to sum it up, pretty much women looking for some kind of professional change to uplevel their lives and have the confidence to do it. I love that word, uplevel. It helps you realize that maybe you were living stagnant or maybe you weren't um, in a situation that was challenging enough for you and bringing it to that next level is awesome. It's scary. And with it comes so many other issues that you probably didn't even know the new level, new devil, right? So let's talk a little bit more about exactly how, how do you help women with some of these issues with imposter syndrome and just, you know, fear and confidence. So what are, and I don't know if every, every issue looks differently the way that you tackle it, but let's just jump in. Sure. So starting with mindset, I think is the first piece. And whenever anyone comes to me, I want to get an idea of what their vision is for themselves and get really specific about what is it that you really want? And so many people are like, I don't know what I want. So that's where we go first. (laughs) What do you want? And getting clear on that. I love that you use the word stagnant because that's a lot of times what people say to me, they say, I'm stuck. I'm in a rut. I'm stagnant. I like to say that a lot of clients come to me whelmed. They're not overwhelmed. They're not (laughs) underwhelmed. They're just whelmed with life in general. And in order to get out of that whelmed state, that stagnant state, it's like, we need to identify where you want to go. How else are we going to get there unless we we know where we're going? And that's probably not easy for a lot of people, right? Right. Not I, on I, the I, conscious I, level anyways. Exactly. Yeah. I've, I've done a similar exercise like this before, like taking out a blank piece of paper and just saying, what do I want? And sometimes I just have absolutely no idea. So, so you start with the basics, right? I want to take a shower. I want more sleep. I want a glass of water, whatever it is, like the basic stuff. And sometimes that that's kind of been my understanding is like, you just kind of start with like the bare minimum, like that you can think of before your brain starts to, to spiral a little bit more. And the other way that I thought of looking at this is also what, do, what don't I want and kind of backing into it from there. I'm curious how you approach it. Yes. So if, if you're really unclear about what you want, I also encourage people to start with emotions What emotions do you want to be feeling? You might not know exactly what job you want, or you might not exactly know where you want to live, but what emotions do you want to be feeling? Do you want to be feeling fulfilled? Do you want to feel financially free? Do you want to feel peaceful? What are the emotions that you want to feel? And if you can identify those and and not just be too, too vague, you know, you don't want to just say happy. I want to feel happy, but getting a bit more specific. And if you can get specific about those emotions you want to feel, then you can start going through the different areas of your life, like your health, your finances, your career. If you want to feel at peace in your life, and that's the emotion you want to feel, what can you do within your health or within your finances 
to start feeling at peace and what might that look like? So that's a really good way to help help get clarity over what you want is to start with the emotions that you want to feel and then try to section it into different areas of your life. And then where do you go from there? So do you start to take to help define action steps? Yes. So before, before we get to the, the nitty gritty actions, so we, we do have the, the clarity over what you want. And then before we create the action plan, we talk about limiting beliefs. Yeah. And I know this is something that you've talked about on your podcast before. All the time. <laughs> One of my favorite topics, actually. <laughs> yeah. So the way I approach limiting beliefs is session number one with the women I work with. I have them identify and write down a list of all their limiting beliefs in in their whole life, in every area. What are the limiting beliefs? We identify them, we get them out on paper. And then I have them title that list, list of lies. Because that's really all these limiting beliefs are. They're, They're thoughts, they're lies that pop in your mind that are telling you something. But it's that victim voice in your head. And we're striving to have that victor voice, that voice of victory and these limiting beliefs are that victim voice. And when you start to identify them and create a list of them and call it your list of lies, that's the first step to bringing awareness to them. And then I have my clients consciously flip those beliefs into what I call positive truths. So what's a statement that's more positive and more true than that limiting belief, than that lie? Once you have a, a more positive, true statement and you have evidence that that statement is true in some fashion, you can start to catch yourself in the act. And when you have that limiting belief, you're like, oh, there's my victim voice. I recognize that. And actually I have the power to flip it right now and make that choice to squash it. And instead I'm going to choose to say the opposite, which is more positive and more true. And of course, it's a process at first. You have to think through all the different steps and remember the the true thought, but it becomes more and more automatic. And that's what starts creating that victor mindset rather than the victim mindset. Can you give an example, just maybe a more common one that you see? Yes. I've heard pretty often this one is I don't have the skills or experience to do blank. Yep. So maybe they, they want to start a business or they want a promotion or whatever it is. And they say, I don't have the skills or experience. So we start with, okay, that's a lie. That's a limiting belief. What is something that is more positive or more true? And that gets them thinking, okay, well, what, what skills and experience do I have and have those skills and experience served me well in the past? And I think most people, especially if you're, if you're professional and you, you know, you're working in the corporate world or you're someone who's considering entrepreneurship, there's likely things that you've accomplished in the past with, with your skills and experience. And if you can start to identify, oh, it, it is true that I have had success with my skills and experience, then perhaps you can flip that limiting belief from, I don't have the skills and experience to, I've been successful to this point with the skills and experience I already possess, and I will continue to do so in the future. Mm-hmm. So we flipped it, Love we flipped it. it on its head to something that's more positive and more helpful and more true. Do you ever also have clients maybe list their successes, challenge them to find times where they have 
actually done these things, they may not feel it or know it, but they ever have them kind of dive in and, and really get a, like, like have them do the work to acknowledge that they've done this before and that the belief isn't actually true. Yeah. Like an inventory of wins. Yeah. Um, right. I think that's really helpful because so many people don't acknowledge or celebrate their accomplishments enough, especially a lot of women that I've met. We just, we don't celebrate ourselves enough, but going through the limiting beliefs and flipping them does force you to think back on where is evidence of my success and what, what is evidence of when I have accomplished something Mm -hmm. and then going back to those and thinking, you know, on that day when I accomplished X, Y, Z, I climbed the highest mountain. I graduated with my PhD. I got, I landed my dream job. All of these wins, your inventory of wins, you're still the same person that you were on that day. You're still the same woman you were when you accomplished those things. She might be, she might be hiding or her mindset might be a little bit different, but she's still there. You're the same person, but yeah, having that inventory of wins and that evidence of success, I think is, is really helpful for flipping those limiting beliefs. I love it. I think those are all really cool strategies to just start to have the self-awareness. Where do you start to see, where is it, I guess, maybe in the process or what are the, what's the evidence that you start, where you start to see breakthroughs in, in change and like real, uh, real changes in your clients? Mm -hmm. So after identifying the limiting beliefs, that's when we kind of come up with the action plan, like the step-by-step what are our benchmarks that are going to get you to where you want to go? We, we know where you want to go. You know, if you want to see the sunset, you're not going to head east. You're going to head west <laughs> and yeah. and starting to, to work towards that and the actual action plan. And then I guess where we see the most breakthroughs and transformation is when people start taking imperfect, messy action. And I say that because I find that so many people want to wait to take action in their life until things are just right. They're, they're waiting until some magic moment when the stars align. But the people that make the biggest breakthroughs are my clients who start taking actions the soonest, even if it's not pretty and beautiful, even if it is a little messy, they start the work. And depending on what their goal is, that could be having conversations with people that are uncomfortable that they know they need to have or doing their research about whatever that next step is, but starting to take that action, even if it's scary. And that's when the imposter syndrome starts dinging in the back of their mind, of course, but imperfect, messy action. What about fear? I'd love to get your thoughts on that as well. So yes, there's imposter syndrome, which comes from fear, but what are the strategies, I guess, to help somebody move through that. Cause I, I talk about fear a lot on the show and I think it's really important to start. I think you have to start ha- first to develop the confidence to even move towards it because so many of us just avoid, right? Like we may have these, like someday I'm going to kind of wish list, but you, you can't start moving towards that wish list or those goals until you actually start to feel confident enough or, or almost I don't want to say ready, but I think confident is a good way to, to explain it, but fear is going to hit you in every stage along the way. So even if you do take that first step and you have the confidence enough to do that, you're going to see fear every single day in different ways. So how does that come up with, for you 
for your client and how do you address it when it does? Fear, it's paralyzing, I know. And so many people try to fight the fear. They want to put on their boxing gloves and just kickbox the the fear away and say, fear be gone. If only it were that easy. Yeah. I always encourage my clients to sit with their fear and rather than fight it to, to flow through the fear or flow through the funk. And what does that, what does that look like? Yeah. So rather than saying, I'm so scared of this, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to fight it. Sitting with your fear means getting really clear on what, what does this fear actually mean for me? And you don't, you might not even know where the fear comes from, but this fear implies that I am scared of of something. What am I scared of? And let me sit with that and, and be okay with being scared of it and say, yes, I'm scared of this and acknowledging it. And, and instead of saying, I hate this fear, I don't want to have it saying, yeah, I'm scared of this. It's okay. It's okay that I'm uncomfortable and I'm scared sitting with it, journaling about it, talking to friends about it and embracing that fear rather than just trying to fight it off. Well, and and one of the things that's been helpful for me too, is allowing yourself to get comfortable with being uncomfortable because I tend to avoid things or I tend to just, you know, shut things down or I guess avoid it's all, they're all just coping mechanisms. Right. But because something doesn't come naturally to me or something feels really uncomfortable. So when you're to, to actually like know that this is going to be uncomfortable to have that awareness and yet do it anyway, and just sit in that discomfort for a little while and, and acknowledge this is kind of painful. This is hard. This is, doesn't come naturally to me. I don't like this at all. That I think is powerful. And because so many people don't do that right? They just avoid and they just shove it away. And that's again, where the the major growth comes from. You're so right. There's, there were so many good nuggets in what you just said, getting, getting curious about your fear and discomfort, I think can also be, be useful and asking yourself questions about the fear. I had one woman I was working with. She was, she was a new business owner and she had fears around success and money And I said, what are, what are you worried? What are your fears about what could happen if you are successful and you do reach that level of success and and money that you want? What, what are your fears around that? She's like, I don't, I don't have fears around making money. You know, I, I have a really positive money mindset. I don't have fears about being successful and making money. And then she had this aha moment that her fear was that she would reach that level of success and that, that amount of money that she had her eyes on and that she still wouldn't feel that level of fulfillment and joy that she wanted to. And really it was a fear of not being happy. Yeah. So I encourage her to get curious about that fear and say, what's that trying to tell you that fear of not having joy, even if you have success, what's that trying to teach you right now? And for her, the lesson was she needed to find her joy now. She needed to find her things to be grateful about, to enjoy, to be happy about before the success comes so that she's not waiting on the success to make her happy. And for her, that was a huge breakthrough in terms of 
I need to slow down and stop just focusing on this one end goal and realize that I can be happy today, regardless of the amount in my bank. (laughs) Absolutely. I think that's a huge awareness that a lot of us forget about. I mean, we always wait, we're waiting for some end goal. We're waiting for some, someday in the future, something when this happens, when this happens, when this happens, and that's when we'll be happy. You think about it a lot with um, like weight loss, you know, when I lose those 10 pounds or when I like, I'll be happy then. Right. And um, that's a cultural thing. I think we're all just kind of wrapped up in it. And we learn that from a young age and it's, there's, it's good to be, it's good to be aware of, but I think we also need to challenge that a little bit because there's, um, there's more to the present moment and what we have now. And I was talking with somebody the other day around um, their relationship with money. And they were saying how one of the big common themes with money mindset stuff is abundance, right? And it's, it's all about manifesting more and having more. But so many of us, especially women, struggle with feeling worthy just having what we have today, what we have right now. And that is a huge acknowledgement to know that. And then it's a lot of work to be able to start to get to the point where you are comfortable with what you have. So that I couldn't agree more. I think that's a really powerful concept to zone in on and start to start to heal. She never would have realized that without getting curious about her fear. And when she started questioning that fear and sitting with it, rather than just trying to fight it away, that's what helps her, her get to the point where she recognized that. And she was able to talk through that concept and realize I need to make some changes in the now, or else I'm just going to be miserable on my way to the goal. And then Mm -hmm. once you achieve that goal, you're going to feel great temporarily until you start looking for the next one. Right. Mm -hmm. One other thing that I wanted to mention when you were talking about finding, um, the joy and discomfort or start or or getting comfortable with being uncomfortable was I, I was this, this was years ago. I was in a workshop about how to get over imposter syndrome. And this was when imposter syndrome was like first, like a brand new buzzword. And the person leading the workshop was, was giving us all these tips and strategies to conquer your imposter syndrome. And there was one woman in the workshop who stood up and said, I think imposter syndrome is awesome. (laughs) And we were like, what? She said to me, imposter syndrome is a cue that I'm pushing myself out of my comfort zone. And if I'm not feeling imposter syndrome, I'm worried that I'm getting too stagnant Mm -hmm. and stuck in a rut, or I'm a little too content with my life. And I thought that was just a really nice perspective. And I think about that a lot, especially in my work right now, my, with my coaching clients is if you can view that feeling of being uncomfortable as pushing and stretching yourself to to the next level and up-leveling yourself rather than being petrified, I think that's a really helpful reframe and it doesn't make the discomfort go away, but it does give you a perspective of I I'm pushing myself. I am growing. I am learning. And it's a little bit um, of a nice reminder. Absolutely. It's like our brains and our bodies tell us they're like little red flags. And I totally agree with that. When you're, when you don't feel that kind of nervousness or like maybe slight anxiety around something, or maybe a lot of anxiety over something, whatever it is, but it's something that you care about and that you're passionate about, but yet you don't feel it. Then, you know, you, you know, there's something off here. 
So yeah, you're absolutely right. I think like that your gut kind of tells you that you're what direction you're headed in and you got to actually listen to it. But so many of us pay more attention to what our brains are telling us, which are trying to keep us safe all the time. Don't do that. Don't step out of your comfort zone, stay small, stay comfortable in this box here because it's comfortable, right? That's, and it's the easy thing for us to do. So, so many of us, I think battle with that all the time, like what our gut's telling us and what our soul is telling us to do versus what our brain is telling us to do or the logical part of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can we, um, when, when you mentioned abundance, I would love to talk about setting goals from a place of abundance. Yes, please. Can we yeah. head in that direction? I, okay. Absolutely. I'd love to, to I was going to shift to that part anyway. So please. Beautiful. Yeah. So it, it's January right now when we're recording this. So yeah. I've been doing a lot of goal setting both for myself and with, with my clients this year. And I like this concept of setting goals from a place of abundance Yeah. and thinking through first off, what do I have in my life that I'm, that I'm grateful for, whether that's a couple hundred dollars in the, in the bank account, I'm, I'm grateful that it's not at zero <laughs> or mm-hmm. whether, whether you're doing wonderful, a roof over your head, a family that you adore, whatever it is that you're grateful for, make a list. And again, I like to go through the big areas like health, finances, career. What do you already have that you're grateful for that you have? And then setting a goal from what you already have that you would like to create more of. And when you do that, you're setting a goal from a place of abundance and not from a place of lack. And instead of having that scarcity mindset of what do I not have that, that I really want, which can turn us into this manic manifester. (laughs) And, And also comes from a place of fear. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It instead focuses on, I'm so grateful for what I already have. And I'd like to continue expanding that, which is mm-hmm. a lot healthier way to view it and a lot more fun way to view it in my opinion. Right. right. And it doesn't have to be this whole big thing. I think a lot of people think of abundance as the concept of abundance almost as like so overwhelming. Like I'm going to manifest, I don't even know, I'm making a number like a million dollars or something like that. That's what I'm going to make this year. And it's like, that is that really realistic? How about just you know, feeling like you want to create more positivity or more, and all of that stuff will come. I think people tend to think of abundance in a more concrete way than it was, it was meant to be like a more black and white way. And that's, I think just our culture, right? Yeah. And sometimes abundance can be, it can be, it's a, it's a trendy word right now. So I think you just need to be careful the way in which you use it. Right. Right. Well, in, in, in terms of finances, for example, I had one client tell me, you know, I've been able to pay the bills every month this year. I live in a great house. I went on a couple of vacations this year and I, I still want to make more money next year. And from a place of abundance, it's slowing down and just saying, I'm grateful that I was able to have these things right. this year. It's right. gratitude for that. And then saying, Next year, I want to continue to do that. And again, up-level even more of that. What I already had that I'm grateful for and I enjoy, I want to bring even more of that into my life. Yeah. And that that's abundance is gratitude and then continue the flow. Keep it yeah. coming into my life, please. Yeah. But if you limit it by putting numbers to it or, or even just 
having a idea of what you want it to be because the universe works in crazy ways, right? It's never, it's never what you want it to be. I think then you're messing with things a little bit. Mm -hmm. And you know, the whole point in my mind is like, throw it out there and let it go. Yes. I think all going along with that is setting a date or a timeline that you want it to happen by, because we all want things to happen now. We're, we're impatient humans, (laughs) but I, I see people make the same mistake of, of picking a certain amount and picking a certain time frame, and the universe doesn't work like that. It does not. That is very much us, <laughs> black and white perfectionists trying to control everything. We've all been there. Uh huh. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, as we start to wrap up a little bit, could you leave us with some tips or strategies that might be helpful as you work with your women clients, things that might be more tactical that we could do on a daily basis that might be able to help us to to shift from a place of fear or uncertainty to maybe a place of comfort and confidence and clarity. Mm -hmm. The first one would be when you think about whatever goal for you in your life is, is the juiciest, whether it's that dream vacation or that, that small business that you want to start, whatever, whatever goal you have, that's the juiciest find 10 other people who are living that goal. Now mm-hmm. it could be friends or family members or someone in your network. It might be somebody you find on social media or LinkedIn, but find 10 people who have what you want. And have a 20 minute conversation, ask to borrow their time and get really curious with them about how did you, how did you get here and what do you enjoy most about it? And what advice would you give to me and ask those questions because these people have what you want. And, you know, this isn't anything formal. It's a conversation, but hearing from people who already have that makes your future goal all the more compelling. And it makes it so that you are able to work through that discomfort and that fear and that self-doubt because you have a compelling future that you're working towards and you have evidence that it's been achieved by other people and you might find a mentor along the way. And I think mentorship is, is huge, whether that's a financial advisor like you, Megan, whether it's that a personal trainer or a life coach or a love coach or whatever it is, but finding a mentor along the way who's, who's been where you've been and, and can guide you, whether it's formally or informally, I think that's a great first step and, and is a strategy I'd recommend to anyone every year with whatever your big juicy goal of the year is. Absolutely. I love that. It gives you also a realistic perspective on what it is. Cause you might think that, you know, the grass is always greener and maybe that person's like, actually I worked really hard. These are the great things about this. And these are the things that are challenging even for me now where I am. So it gives you just kind of that whole realism element. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Another thing that I like to challenge women to do is all about finding a hobby. <laughs> and this, this might sound a bit odd, but I, with my life coaching clients, I work with them to find a new hobby in their life. Because when we're kids, we're used to going to soccer games, dance class, horseback riding, summer camp, swimming, whatever it is. You get to try a bunch of different things. You get to figure out what you like, what you don't like. You fail at some things, you win the gold medal in others and, and you, you enjoy it and it's fun. When we're adults, hobbies go out the window. 
Yeah. We have jobs, we have businesses, we have kids, we have houses, things get hectic. And we so often forget to try those little things that might bring us joy. And I encourage every woman listening to pick a hobby, anything, something new that you've never tried before. It can be a creative hobby, photography, painting, drawing, writing. It could be a physical hobby, rock climbing, spin class, mm-hmm. hiking, yoga, whatever it is, any kind of hobby and, and commit to it for three months and see how your life changes because you're going to be trying something new, failing at it, trying again, maybe getting better, maybe not, and smiling along the way yeah, and perhaps even meeting others while you do it. And that builds confidence in, in a way that can be translated to your business or your finances. So build up that confidence as you discover and fall in love with a new hobby and just see how that, that joy and confidence applies in the other areas. Yeah. It's almost like the process of going through change on a bigger level to get to your goals, but on a micro level, it's just in, in giving yourself kind of the opportunity to step out of it and say, oh yeah, actually I am growing and I'm learning and I get frustrated because I'm doing this, but you can see it at a, at a level where there's so much less pressure, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. That's really cool. I love that idea. And last, last tip or strategy that I'll give for going forward is I, I'm sure a lot of your listeners might do this, but a morning routine is yeah. one of the single most impactful things you can do to start building up control and confidence just in the, in the day-to-day. Because for me, when I think about confidence, it's not just, oh, I, I like myself and how I look and how I act. It's more of a sense of I am capable, I am in control of, of my day, and I am capable, and I'm going to move through my day with that sense of self-assuredness and capability yeah. and control. So starting your day with a morning routine that is five to 10 minutes is all you need, where you intentionally set out your, your intention for the day and you think through who, who do I want to be today and what do I want to accomplish today, personally and professionally, and, and get intentional about what you want your day to look like. For some people, this is journaling. For others, it's meditating. For other people, it's saying affirmations in the mirror. For some people, it's physical movement. You got to choose what works for you. But if you don't have an established morning routine, you're leaving a lot of room for letting your day run you rather than you awesome. running your day. Yeah. So just another reminder to everyone that, that that purposeful, intentional morning routine seven days a week, even on the weekends is, is hugely beneficial for confidence. Yeah. I, I go through phases where I have morning routines that are more consistent than others, especially with my kids and being up early and <laughs> getting up early, uh, myself. Um, but I've noticed a difference anyway. I notice a difference in being proactive versus reactive throughout the day. So I agree. There's so much power there. And it doesn't have to be a long drawn out morning routine. I think a lot of people get intimidated and think that, oh, I need to get the exercise and I need to journal and I need to do this and that. And it, it's not going to work <laughs> if it's not sustainable. So pick five or 10 minutes, 
pick a time where, you know, you can actually accomplish it. Like if I wake up 15 minutes earlier, I know I can, I can get in some time for journaling, start small and just see where it takes you. Don't, don't start with something that's so big and grand that it's going to scare you off after three days of it. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I love it. Such great and easy to implement strategies. So thank you. That's great. So as we wrap up, I actually have one last question that I ask to everyone yeah. in the audience. If you could leave the listeners with one piece of advice, what would it be? My one piece of advice is to take that imperfect, messy action towards that big, juicy goal of yours and to do something, even if it's not perfect, even if it feels messy or uncomfortable, start taking imperfect, messy action. I love it. That's perfect. All right, Kate, please tell everyone how they can find you and follow the work that you're doing. Yes. My coaching practice is shattered glass coaching. My website is shatteredglasscoaching.com. On my website, there's a place where you can book a free 30 minute call with me. That would be a great time for us to connect and I can hear about your vision and goals and we can see if we could be a good fit. You can also find me on Instagram at shattered.glass.coaching. Awesome. Thank you so much. This has been such a great conversation and a pleasure chatting. Thanks for having me, Megan.